Already with no Orange County Soccer Club to watch over the last uh, couple weeks here. It's tough to find some stuff to talk about, but guess what? We we planned for this. We planned ahead. We planned with some awards that uh, you, the fan, voted on about a month or two ago, and it's time to reveal some of those winners in this episode. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. As we are underway from the champion soccer stadium, first time into the box, it's a great ball, and it bolts in. Oh, it's a world-class goal from Orange County. Off the deflection, and it finds its way in. Selbo shooting from the corner, and there will be no second opportunity as Andre Rawls shuts it down. This ball finds the top left corner, and Orange County has struck again. Pass Hashimoto, Sackford shooting, scoring! As Vontage is on it, and Rawls somehow was ready. And I fight, and they fight over the top, and it down, it's in! Orange County equalizes. What a debut, not only for the stadium, but for Sola Avalanche. Are you ready, Orange County? This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samore, and I'm with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Glad to be uh, onto this stage of my week. The the most enjoyable part at this point of the, the year. The most enjoyable part of the week of the year? Or how does uh, Explain yourself there. At this time of the year, this is my most enjoyable part of the week. So There's no more soccer to watch. So oh, so basically with no more soccer. The joy I have left is talking about Talking soccer. about soccer. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, hey, you know, that's that's what we're here for. Uh, For those of you that are missing soccer out there in the world, we're here to bring you more Orange County Soccer Club news or talk whatever we can about Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, Last week, we we brought on Roberto from the eSports team. He came and shared some of the information of what's been going on with those guys. We're planning on having more of those players join us in the future to go ahead and uh, discuss some of the things going on with them. But for this episode, we're looking at getting into some of these awards that you, the fan, voted for. Uh, like I said, about a month or two months ago, right before the playoffs started, we did the voting. And uh, now it's time to talk about what happened with some of those votes. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and reveal some of the categories. We'll let you know what the top nominees were for that category. And then either Dylan or myself will uh, will let you know who won. And then what we'll do is after each uh, announcement of the winner, uh, Dylan and I will discuss briefly on, on our thoughts. Do we agree with it? Did we have a different uh, person that or different thing we wanted to win that category and then we'll just sort of move on from there Uh, and then as we do each and every episode we'll end with just sort of some random soccer stuff or even random non-soccer stuff if there's anything that dylan wants to share non-soccer wise uh, or if i want to we'll figure that out but let's get into it right so so dylan and i before this the reason we're getting started i mean we've been starting maybe sometime between 8 30 and 9 o'clock with our live broadcast recording for those of you listening on this recording happy uh thanksgiving happy turkey day if that's what you celebrate uh if not if you're one of our listeners from outside of the united states or you just don't celebrate that holiday um welcome to listening to us on a regular old day for you uh but before we got started we went through these categories because there was actually like 15 or 16 categories we don't want to go through all of them in one night and rush through them. We actually want to be able to talk about them. So we picked the first seven categories we're going to discuss tonight. And our first category, you could tell I got all ready for it. Got what little hair I have left up in my head ready for this, even though I have headphones on. Uh, we're talking about the best hair category for Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, we had some pictures up on the voting uh, site when you guys got a chance to vote. We gave you a chance to check or uh, pick who you thought had the best hair on the club. And there was quite a few votes on that, and we've got uh, the top nominees. So the top nominees for best hair on Orange County Soccer Club this season, we had Casey Byers, goalkeeper, uh, Alex Cornelli, our uh, center back, uh, Mott Spearman, midfielder, uh, Aiden Quinn, who's also a midfielder, 
and Zach Kobayashi, who unfortunately we didn't get to see out on the uh, field this season for the club. Um, the winner on that one, I, I don't think this one's much of a surprise just looking at some of those pictures, but the winner on that award was Zach Kobayashi. Uh, did my best to try and mimic his hairdo, as you can tell up there for those of you watching the live video. Uh, and I say that jokingly because I have probably about one fourth of the hair that Zach has. Uh, Dylan. Yeah, maybe I should have. I was going to say maybe. Um, but even then, I don't have that much hair compared to him. I can't pull that that wonderful quaff off. But you have a better it. opportunity. You have a better chance of doing it than I do with my receding hairline, my LeBron James type hair. You, you know, you could just accept your fate, I guess, and go with the, the Richard Chaplow look. I, I, I eventually will have to do that unless I want to do that, you know. Basically, I already know what my hair is going to look like. It's going to look like what my my grandpa on my mom's side of the family look like. Basically, just have hair around the side and just be bald up on top, which I'm definitely not looking forward to. Um, but maybe I'll have to look into getting some of those like plugs or some of that hair surgery. And, and I'll tell them, hey, make me look like Zach Kobayashi out there because uh, he had some pretty amazing hair for that uh, for that club. And I mean, obviously, he had some great hair because it didn't get messed up while he's out on the pitch, unfortunately, because he didn't get to play this season. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a, a pretty deserved win, but pretty much everyone that was nominated had a really strong chance, I thought, at winning. Um, and although Casey um, did shave his his head towards the end of the season, I think it was right before the Reno match, um, you know, everyone was, was going strong throughout the year. Um, and I now realize that I know way too much about Casey Byers' hair. You're like just following that hair throughout the season, uh, seeing where it's at. Uh, some other players that actually got some votes, because we had some nominees, some of the pictures up there, but we actually had a couple of write-in votes. Uh, one of those write-in votes was uh, actually Gio Godoy, who I actually threw onto the uh, onto the poll a little bit late there. I didn't really, for whatever reason, I maybe forgot or just wasn't thinking, didn't put him on there. Uh, but he had gotten a couple votes early, so I threw him up there. So he did get some votes. Um, and also... Um, this was just an amazing thing. Richard Chaplow got a few votes for best hair on the team. So I guess, hey, looking forward to it, I guess I have something to look forward to because there's at least a few people out there that don't mind uh, a nice shaven, you know, big head up there. So congrats. Well, I mean, his isn't shaved. <laughs> Who, uh, uh, Chaplow's? But his yeah. is pretty much shaved, isn't it? Well, he's, he's well, entirely yeah. bald. I mean, but that look. But that yeah, look. you can pull it off. I, I don't know if I can. Everyone tweeted us and tell Ray to shave his head and you, it'll be beautiful. Like we'll do a bet or something. See, I'll shave my head. You don't, don't want to see me with a bald head. I have, I mean, for those of you watching on the live feed, uh, for those of you who have seen me in real life, I have a pretty messed up shaped head, a uh, very big head. Um, it has a little dip up in the top and I'm just totally flat in the back. Like I, everyone's going to now check me out when they, when they see me at the start of next season or any of the, the off season games that we may have for orange County, you're not going to be say, Hey, show me that flat back of your head. It's pretty much just a flat, um, nothingness uh, back there, and I know it's. But yeah, don't forget he's a married he's a married man. Everyone, so don't. And get it too is genetic wild. because my oldest son has the same exact head as me. He has a total flat back of the head, so it's not one of those things. You know how the doctors sometimes will tell kids or tell parents to put the kid in a helmet uh, to sort of shape the head differently. I mean, this is just this is what my head looks like. It wasn't that I laid on my back too much as a kid, and now we're just talking too much about my head and hair and possibly <laughs> shaving. Uh, our heads. Let's do this, Dylan. Hey, we'll make the commitment right now. If Orange County can win the Ch USL championship, championship, <laughs> that's, that just sounds great, right? The USL championship, championship. If uh, Orange County wins it, let's let's commit right now. We'll shave our heads for the victory. I would do it for much less, right, but hey. yeah, all right. If someone finds a more um, or a lesser <laughs> reason for me to shave my head, Dylan, I'll do just it. shave your head. That's a lesser reason. <laughs> I just got a haircut. <laughs> well, then, yeah, we don't want to. I mean, you, you don't want to waste that money on a haircut. I'll wait until it gets rowdy, and then I'll just. All right, so Zach Kobayashi was the winner for hair of the year, uh, best or sorry, best hair, hair of the year, best hair on the team. Uh, which brings us to our next category that we're going to uh, reveal the winner, and I'm going to hand it off to Dylan for this one. Alrighty, so we're going to be going with assist of the year. Um, this one should be no surprise that uh, Aiden Quinn had multiple entries, seeing as he was, of course, um, the player with the most assists on our team and second most in the league. But we did have Aiden Quinn's assist to Michael Seaton in the 75th minute against um, the Lights out in Las Vegas. We also had Aiden Quinn's assist to Thomas Anavoldson 
uh, versus Portland Timbers 2 here at home on August 1st um, to Thomas Enneboltson in the 85th. We also had uh, Thomas Enneboltson to Michael Seaton versus Phoenix Rising uh, out in Phoenix in August and uh, Christian Duke versus Tulsa um, in June. So the uh, the winner of this one, it's actually a two-way tie for Aiden Quinn, um, both his his assist to um, Michael Seaton in Las Vegas and his assist to uh, Thomas Enneboltson in Portland. So, or sorry, against Portland in Orange County. So not, I would say, a huge surprise, but two, two good assists um, that brought two pretty quality results. Uh, that Portland match we... We crawled back from 2-0 down at the half. And that uh, that was the equalizer from Anna Boldson to... I mean, it was really a clawing back of a point, that one. And then um, the assist to Michael Seaton in Vegas was the go-ahead goal for that, which ended 5-3. And that was a bit back and forth, but that was nice. Gave them control, and uh, I think that one really knocked Vegas out of that match. So then, uh, sort of listening to what you're saying there, so do you sort of agree with... Uh at least, you know, one of those two as the true winner for assist of the year that the fans chose. Yeah. And you know, I actually have to go with the one against Vegas. Um, I thought the finish was a little more impressive, uh, in terms of the, the goal with Anna Uh, he had a really tight angle and he put that in nicely. Um, so I think the finish was the, a little more impressive of the, um, of that entire play. So definitely going to agree with the, the Seton one. He, he timed it perfectly, got it to the, to Seton just in time. And he slotted. Uh, so this is where I, I mean, we're already what, just the second one in, I sort of, uh, had a hard time with the, the results on this one. Cause my pick actually didn't, I don't think it made even the top, uh, five options that you had mentioned. Let me just look back. Right. Cause what we were talking about assist of the year. Yeah, yours, mine didn't even come up in the top five, which I was sort of disappointed in. Uh, the one that I thought was actually probably one of the best or probably the best assist of the year was the uh, play up in um, Colorado Springs where Yoshoyvel hit the, you know, what, 60, Ooh, 60 70 yard 60, ball, 70 yard to, Michael ball Seaton. to Michael Seaton yes. in the first how minute. How did that not end up being in, at least in the top five? And how did that not end up winning? Because, I mean, again, the Aiden Quinn passes were awesome. Um, but, I mean, that, that was just a pin. On the spot, I, I got to get my my phrases right. Right on the spot, sixty to Ten seventy point. yard pass in the air in the high altitude. So that's yeah. I, I don't care who you are. That's going to throw off of your your aim a little bit there because if you're going that long in the thinner air, you're going to have a little bit less friction up there. The ball's going to travel a little bit further than you're used to. And it was perfect. And Seaton just had to tap it around the goalie uh, pretty simply there. I, I, I was disappointed that that one. That was my pick when we voted. Uh, for this, I Dylan and I went on and actually voted on these awards once each. So um, that was my pick. And so this is how you can tell right here. These are not rigged. Me and Dylan aren't picking those winners. This is really your picks. Because if it was up to me, that would have been the the winning assist of the year. Yeah, I don't remember which one I voted for, if I'm completely honest. It's been a long two two months since we we uh, stopped the um if I would have if I would have just set it up where you had to put in your email every time you voted, then I would have known your results exactly, Dylan. But uh, I don't think people really care much to give us their emails. Uh, so I just said, just put your votes in. We'll count them up. Um, sorry, you can't remember that, Dylan. <laughs> it's okay. One too many concussions. So assist of the year, um, Aiden Quinn, he had two of them that basically tied for the win there. Um, you know, as as we're talking about this, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, or if you're listening live, feel free to to tweet along. Let us know. Do you agree with it? Uh, we, what we'll be doing is probably sometime on Thursday, uh, if I have you know some time while traveling for Turkey Day, uh, I'll try and get clips of all these uh, winning clips if we have, if there's something. So for like assist of the year, I'll try and get those two Aiden Quinn assists and get a clip up on our Twitter and Facebook account so you can see exactly which plays we're talking about if you don't want to have to go and search through all of the video clips on YouTube. Uh, for those so assisted here all right so let's move on to our next award we're going to talk about this next one is loney of the year uh the club had i believe five loanies throughout the season uh although there's only probably three of them that were 
legit candidates for this uh, or that had any shot of winning this award. Uh, but so the four nominees, though, that we're going to talk about here on this one is uh, for Loney of the Year. Uh, the nominees were Mark Segbers, uh, Andre Rawls, Alex Cronally, and Luis Lopez. Um, the only other player I can think of that was on the roster as a Loney was the guy I, I can't pronounce his last name, Zarn- Zarnamaz or whatever it is. Like that thing. We're getting back. <laughs> You know Cameron's rolling in his well, he's not dead, so he's not rolling in his grave, but he's probably just like Dylan guys, almost it's not that messed hard. up a popular phrase and it wasn't me, and he just he caught himself before he did it. Darn it. <laughs> Tweeted us, let it be known and happened. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I don't I, are, am I missing any other loanee on this team this year? There was no other loanees, correct? It was just those five. Uh, off the top of my head, I believe that was it. So um I'll pose this question. And again, I know there's, you know, no one really paying attention to us live, but if you are, uh, feel free to tweet out or comment. And if you're listening to the podcast, uh, let us know your thoughts before I remove this. So um, our friend Andy, who likes to comment the heck out of us on SoundCloud, if you want to be like him and you want to get on and make a comment and you want to prove that you knew who was going to win this before I announced it, go on and comment right now. I'll give you a chance. I don't know, Dylan, uh, is this one a pretty obvious answer? In your opinion, I have I haven't given the answer yet, but oh, it, from what you know, is this an obvious one? <laughs> absolutely, there. I the results aren't close, and I don't think it's even close at all as a um, as a question. I think it went <laughs> yeah, the right uh, way. So the winner of Loney the year for this season um, was Andre Rawls. I, I don't think, like Dylan said, and I was even saying, uh, not a surprise there. Uh, he was the goalkeeper for the team, except for when he did get injured there midway through the season. Uh, and he was definitely a big part of the great season that this team had. It's no surprise that Dylan and I both want him back in Orange County, if that's at all possible. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he was the Loney of the year. He uh, came to us from NYCFC. Uh, just to run through it really quick, Alex Trinelli came to us from Columbus Crew. Mark Segbers from New England, or not New England. Um, was it New England Revolution or DC, DC United? No, New England Revolution. One of those two. I always confuse those two teams. New England. Yeah. I always confuse those two for some reason. I don't know why. I I think they're both not that good. So I think that's well Revolution United, they're both this like patriotic theme. They're both red, white, and blue. They're both on the East Coast. Um, so yeah. And then uh, Luis Lopez came to us from our affiliate LAC uh LAFC. Uh okay, you have no reason to know. I was gonna say LACFC. You know, I'm thinking Clippers. That's why. Um, but yeah, uh, those were the the four nominees. Andre Rolls, uh, he had more than half of the vote on that, which is obvious on that. Yeah, I think, yeah, over, uh, no, exactly twice as much as um, yeah, as Cronali, who Definitely. came in second so, there. Uh, and I, I think, you know, Segbers probably could have gotten a few more votes, but I think as the season uh, wound down, he was stuck out there in the East Coast and, uh, I think fans started forgetting about him a little bit. He had a pretty solid year for us as well. So all, all, all three of those, Luis Lopez, I'll throw him in there. All four of those guys, they they did their part throughout the season uh, for what they, we needed them for. Luis Lopez stepped in uh, when Andre Rawls went down and had a couple decent games out there. Uh, not the greatest games, but still uh, put out a solid effort. Uh, Mark Segbers, when he was on the pitch, he was probably one of my favorite players out there. Uh, Alex Cronally, um, except for that final match against Phoenix, pretty decent season. And Andre Rawls... <laughs> Yeah, the really the last month he he kind of let it go, but Andre is pretty solid throughout the year. Um, obviously, he lost a little bit of time to injury, but when yes, he was on, definitely. he was on, and he was on for a good part of the season. I think he made almost eighty saves, which was fourth or fifth in the and league. And I think this before season. he got injured, he was actually up there on the top uh, top of the list for most of the goalkeeper stats uh, before he got injured there. So <laughs> come back to we us, Andre. You already, man. I already come on miss. Back. Uh, so Dylan, I'll hand it off to you for our next award. All right. We're going on over to the best young player of our season. Um, for some reason, Ray decided to make this one under 24. I would generally argue that the best young player would be under 23, though. I do think we had a bunch of 23 year old players, so that might be why, um, the nominees for this one, we've got six here. Noah powder, Joe Amico, 
Michael Seaton, Ami Pineda, Giovanni Ramos Godoy, and Mark Segbers. Um, a lot of these guys had really solid seasons. We didn't see too much of Ami this season, but when he came on, he did his job. Uh, he scored his first pro goal against Tulsa in that 6-1 victory. Um, and then, of course, against St. Louis, played the last few minutes coming on um, for Aiden Quinn. Of course, Noah had those those three goals in three games in August that kept us afloat against um, Fresno and, uh, wow, I'm blanking, Salt Lake and Oklahoma City. And Joe was pretty solid throughout and a, a very versatile um, a player. It's hard to, you know, a lot of these guys really deserved it. And though I think the result is not a surprise. Um, it was a difficult decision, I think. Ray, what would you say? Uh, results probably in line with what um, you expected. So and, when I put well this deserved. category on there, uh, you're right. When I went with under 24, just because there was a lot more options available uh, when we got to the, you know, 23 and under. I mean, basically it's 23 and under, but I just decided to name it as tw- under 24. Um, I mean, I put this together. I pretty, I, I had a pretty good idea of who was going to be the winner. Um, I, I didn't think it would be close. And I think the results showed that. Right. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a it was a runaway. It was an avalanche. And um, I mean, no surprise here. I'm very, very happy with how this voting went. Michael Seaton in a landslide with 53.8% of the vote. Best young and player, a player that's County. Uh, under contract now for next season, which is amazing, too, because uh, it's no surprise. One of Dylan's favorite players on the roster is back. Uh, he's been a, a, a favorite of the show because he's been so willing to speak with Dylan and myself after the matches. Uh, pretty much consistently from when he sort of caught on fire there midway through the season to the end. I think that was someone me and Dylan were reaching out to almost every week and he was totally willing to, to, you know, speak with us, share his thoughts. Uh, didn't look like he was bothered that we kept asking to speak with him. He seemed pretty, uh, pretty excited about it and pretty, uh, pretty happy that we wanted to keep talking to him. Uh, and yeah, even if it was a little bit of a, just a, a quick comment about, maybe a game that he didn't necessarily perform well in um, or just keeping us updated on how things were going. Um, you know, he missed a bit of time due to injury and kept us kind of updated there on how that was going and, and what to expect. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy both the the play on the pitch and I mean, his help with always having a few words to say yes, for us. Definitely. Well deserved, um, I think. And, you know, I don't know, did Dylan, did you ever get a Michael Seaton Jersey or? Um, so I decided not to get words or uh, a name on the back of the one I got this year. I'm going to leave that one blank and kind of have it be my less nice Jersey. And then once the season begins, uh, this, this coming season, 2019, I will definitely get the new updated one with uh, Michael Seaton on the back. I'm really excited. Awesome. Um, so I'm trying to get some audio clip, uh, up ready. Unfortunately, uh, we got started a little late here because I got a new Chromebook and I was trying to figure out how to get everything set up. Unfortunately, we couldn't figure it out. So I ended up going back to my old laptop that I'm running on right now. So I didn't get a chance to really um, pull up any audio clips for what we're doing. I'm trying to get an audio clip set up here really quick. So Dylan, uh, I'm going to just throw you, you know, you're not even ready for this. Uh, try and talk to our, talk to our fans here a little bit more All right. uh, about uh, something. Share something with our fans. you gotta love that right alrighty guys well I do this every week um, and Ray always I think rolls his eyes when I do this but since he's busy I'm going to talk to you about literature Um, for those of you that don't want to hear about literature I'd probably just skip the next minute to two minutes of this podcast so you can hit that 15 seconds forward thing eight times Um, this past week I had the joy of reading Sylvia Plath's The Bell Jar um, it is a, it's a wonderful novel. It's about 230 pages, depending on, on the size of the book, um, and the size of the print, of course, but it's a good insight and, uh, the writing definitely draws you in to the protagonist's, uh, slow mental decline. So I would highly recommend it as a nice, um, 
winter reading book that maybe will remind you to hug your kids or your spouse or your parents or Dylan you know, and his love books. your family and those Everyone. around you. But hey, awesome job there. I mean, you just sort of smoothly segmented into that. I, I, you weren't ready for that. I just sort of threw that on you and, and you did a good job there, man. It's <laughs> a good thing I read right, so a lot of books. Let's move on yeah. to our next award we want to talk about. Uh, this next award, uh, we combined a couple of categories just because um, I think it would be obvious on at least one of these if we would have gone straight goalkeeper of the year. So we combined defender and goalkeeper of the year uh, for our next award category. So our nominees for defender slash goalkeeper of the season or of the year, uh, Joe Amico, Alex Cronalli, Andre Rawls, Josh Hoyvel, and Casey Byers were our five nominees. Um, this one was a little bit closer than some of these last couple of ones we've just talked about, but it still was a pretty decent uh, gap between first and second on this. Uh, I, I think on this one was no surprise as well as uh, Andre Rawls was the winner of that category. Um, Dylan, your thoughts on Andre Rawls winning defender slash goalkeeper of the year. Yeah, I, I thought it would be basically between Andre and um Which is basically what it ended Alex up being Pernally. just not as close um, as maybe we thought it would be. Yeah, and surprisingly, Kevin Alston didn't get too much of a nod. I get that he missed a little bit of the first part of the season, but um his effect I think was uh amplified and even more important and that experience became even more important. Um that stretched through August and September where occasionally we're crawling or clawing back uh, to get a point or to get three points. And and his presence going forward um, was really, really important as well. He was getting into a lot of dangerous positions. So I was surprised that he didn't get as much of a point of the vote. Um, But this one could have gone a few ways, I think. Um, And a lot of these guys had really good seasons. Of course, Jewel Nielsen, we saw his season get uh, shortened pretty dramatically because of a knee injury. Um, and I believe uh, Obosu Contour well got hurt. Um, didn't see him feature too much after August, if at all. And of course, uh, Ray's favorite, you know, Walker Hume, got relegated with the arrival of uh, Josh Hoyvold. But, you know, after some early early troubles, I think Josh really locked it down that what last did, What did Walker do? Like, it's did just, well for us. It's one of those things that's still going to always be a mystery on, on the uh, 2018 OCSE season is what did Walker do to get relegated to bench warmer pretty much for the whole second half of the season there. (laughs) I would reckon it's that he doesn't have a a 15 year career to base off of, but that would just be my, no, no, that totally informs opinion. No, I get it. The, the lineup that we had, especially when you got to the end of the season, the playoffs, I mean, that was the correct lineup to have uh, Yosh Hoyville, Alex Cronalli. You had your two best guys out there with, well, one with experience and probably one that you could say is probably your best defender when he's playing <laughs> the right way. When he's on his game, I'd say he was probably the best one, but you know, he was really not on his game that last month of the season. So we I so, thought that Walker, we sort of joked about it, back, you know, back and forth towards the end of the season there at games and stuff is, 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 was uh, Alex, did we have the full attention of Alex there in Orange County or did, was he like one foot in OC and one foot in Columbus uh, there towards the end of the season? Uh, you know, of course I would have loved to see Walker out there. Um, maybe it would have been a different outcome on that final match, but with all said and done, uh, Andre rolls wins defender slash goalkeeper of the year. Uh, I actually spoke to Andre right after the defeat in Phoenix let him know sort of what happened with this, that you, the fans voted for him for not just this award, but also for the uh, Loney of the year. Uh, this is what he had to say about both of those um, after the match. Last thing I want to let you know is I talked to you a few weeks ago about our, uh, our podcast awards. We had uh, the fans voting. Uh, just let you know, you won two of the awards. Uh, one of them was uh, Loney of the year. Okay. And then the other one was best uh, defender goalkeeper of the year. Uh, what are your thoughts, or what do you what would you like to say to the fans that voted for you on the on those those awards? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, I mean, first things first, thank you to the fans, uh, and I mean, not only not only for the award. I mean, I appreciate the award, but I mean, this like we we've went up and down with attendance here and there, but I mean, the people that showed up, they showed up ready to watch soccer, and they showed up educated. They 
they had fun with it. We had fun with it. Um, I mean, after every home game, I tried to make it a, a trip to go over. Thank everybody for coming out there. Um, and like I said, like from, from when, I, when I found out I was coming out here, they accepted me from minute one. First day I came out here, I got a handshake from all the guys that's right behind the goal saying, welcome to the club, welcome to the family and everything like that. And it's been great. So I thank them not only for these awards, but also for just for being there, cheering, screaming their heads out, having a great time. Well, I can tell you, you know, out there with the fans every day when I'm out there, uh, they love you as a goalkeeper. We're going to we're gonna miss you if you're not yeah. able to be back next year. Uh, best of luck to your career. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you for all you've it. done for the team. Thank you, LC. All right, so that was... Uh, Goalkeeper Andre Rawls after the match, after a loss against Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals, uh, he still took his time. He spoke with me for about two to three minutes after the match, and part of it was uh, that thank you to the fans, not just for voting for him for these awards, but for all the support they showed to him throughout the whole season. Uh, and I think the fans loved that guy back there because, uh, like he mentioned, I mean, day one he was out there, you know, high fiving the the fans and and showing that he appreciated all the support out there. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be happy to be. He seems happy to be here, and I mean, from the the little bit we talked to uh, his parents, they uh, they echoed that sentiment. So, if he comes back next year, I think a lot of people are going to be really happy, and we can expect a lot of uh, so a lot of good. I can't remember back there um, in front of the net. Did, did the club this past season sell goalkeeper jerseys on their website? I couldn't remember if they did or not. I do so not I will, believe you could actually buy. I will, I will say this: if he does somehow said, I totally find a way would. to come back to OC, or if the club finds a way to get him back on on the roster next season, they need to find a way to sell those kits because I, I think that goalkeeper shirt will be one of the top sellers, uh, just because of the connection that he has with the fans, especially the Countline Coalition guys out there, and vice versa. I think you can probably count at least you know ten of those guys out there, you know, easily would buy that, and plus all the other fans that love to buy a goalkeeper shirt. Unfortunately, we live in you know, hot Southern California. So you can't really wear it that often, but on those chilly nights out there in Irvine, I mean, those would be awesome. <laughs> Unless you get that, and it's uh, orange, the away so one you can't go lime wrong or whatever, whichever one's the lime colored one. <laughs> Don't do that Nothing one. Nothing wrong with a lime color. Don't That's what my, that my, my youth soccer team, they were lime this year. They were fluorescent green and Navy blue were their colors. So, um, let's move on. Dylan, you got the next category. I do. We're going to go with celebration of the year. Um, there were quite a few, um, quite a few here to go through. Um, of course, Mike Segber's hype dance, which is apparently from Fortnite, um, might be young, but I have no clue what that is. <laughs> Christian Duke's piggyback, uh, Ami Pineda just falling to the ground after, of course, like I said earlier, scoring his first professional goal. And then getting mobbed by the team. Uh, Michael Seaton waving off the defense. Michael Seaton taking his jersey off. Enavoldson's knee slide. Quinn's team celebration at the end of the uh, Oklahoma City match. And Duke's fist pump. Um, pleasantly surprised to see Christian Duke make the list. And considering he only scored two goals all season. One against uh, FC Golden State Force and one in the league. I guess he's got the best ratio of goal scored to celebrations listed. Um, but the winner for this one was uh, Aiden Quinn's team celebration at the end of the Oklahoma City Orange County match, um, which also featured um, Braden Cloutier kicking a whiteboard, <laughs> getting a hug from Richard Chaplow. Um, Pretty much everyone was going wild there. You can see the County Line Coalition going wild in the back um, and the fans leaning over and pretty much everyone that was there having a wonderful time. So, yeah, I, I mean, I know that wasn't your favorite, Ray, but I think that definitely, um, and to go along with what Andre, or what we just heard from Andre, um, kind of showed the whole team aspect of it and that was really um, a, a team performance yeah you know actually there. i voted for the mark segbers one just because i thought that was just the most uh i guess interesting celebration or look like a you know uh, relevant the team celebration was awesome but it was it, i mean it was an um, i think maybe that one won more for the moment 
uh, that's included with that celebration, not just the celebration itself. Because I mean, how often have you seen in soccer where you have just a whole group of a whole team getting together? Now, maybe this one was a little bit more out there. Um, but typically like for me, I, I guess it's just me is for celebrations, like to be a, a top celebration for me, there's to be something, uh, you know, some sort of choreographed thing, not just sort of this team celebration. So, you know, the fact that Mark got out there and started doing the hype dance from Fortnite, uh, although I, I agree, I, I'm not a Fortnite person. I see all these dances, my, my six and eight year old do. Um, <laughs> it's funny thing. We were watching, uh, tonight before I got on here, we were watching, uh, American Ninja Warrior Jr. And, a kid got on there and started doing what I know as the Carlton dance from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, I'm not going to do it on here. So, but yeah, I'm, for those of you that are older, for those of you that are older, you, you know what should. I'm talking about. You definitely for should. For the younger people, apparently, if I just say it's like the Fresh Dance or something like that, you would know what I'm talking about because I guess that's what it's called in Fortnite. At least that's what my six year old son told me that it was the Fresh Dance. Um, but either way, that's what the dance was. I, I, I think for me, this is just my opinion. I'm nothing against the fans. The fans voted for this. Great job, fans. I just felt like uh, this was more of just sort of a celebration as, as, as instead of, I know this is celebration of the year, but uh, I guess for me, I was thinking goal celebrations where you have like some sort of choreographed, something that the NFL won't let players do um, type thing. So, uh, but yeah, good call out there on the Christian Duke, uh, two goals and basically both of his goals. He had nominees up here, but uh, I went through every single goal uh, that was scored this season, at least all the videos, <laughs> the, well, all the ones that were posted on the everywhere. team's YouTube website. Maybe there was a couple missed here and there. Um, I didn't go watch every single minute, every single game to make sure I caught all of them. Um, I, I will admit some of them, the celebration was a little bit off screen, so you can't really tell what happened until it's too late. Uh, but these were the ones that I saw that looked interesting. Uh, so that's why those ones were the ones to pick. And yeah, Christian Duke got up there twice. But congrats, uh, congrats, Aiden Quinn and the whole team for that big celebration. The whole team, and of course, lots of winning for uh, for Aiden Quinn as well, um, and well deserved. Everyone put in a, a really good right. performance. So I'm getting all nostalgic thinking about how <laughs> wonderful the season was, and. Oh. I but feel we, all sad now. Yeah, I gotta see, wait it was March. a smart thing that we split this oh, thing up into God. two things because we're not rushing through all these awards because we still have like a whole other episode we can do of awards. And and if you're looking at what we're doing now, there's a lot more of the bigger awards that we're going to get into next episode next week uh, to talk about. We have one more award to talk about, though, tonight. Um, that's going to be our toughest opponent award. And it came down to basically four teams uh, that received the most votes. Uh, those teams were Reno 1868 FC. Sacramento Republic FC, Phoenix Rising FC, and Rio Grande Valley FC. I think they're all FCs. Um, all pretty tough opponents for us this season. Uh, keep in mind that these votes were completed and we weren't accepting any more votes. Uh, basically, the, the votes completed like right when we faced Reno. I think that night was the uh, the night we stopped taking any more votes. Uh or maybe even the day before, I don't know. So uh, that final season loss to Reno sort of wasn't taken into account on this. Neither was uh, the loss in the playoffs to Phoenix Rising. Uh, so just sort of know that that's where things were. But I, again, this is, I think, where um, probably the choice that most, uh, at least that I was thinking, I, this is what I voted for was the winner. I don't know about you, Dylan, if if that would be your choice as well for toughest opponent of the year. Um, the, the thing that sucks about our toughest opponent this year is I think we were the only team they were able to totally annihilate throughout the season in both games. I think they beat, beat us both times four nil or something like that. Right. Two nil. Okay. Two nil, but still <laughs> against a bottom feeder like nil, Rio yes. Grande Valley um, to defeat us two times. Uh, we were first place in the West and we lost to a bottom feeder two times. Uh, once at their place, once at ours. Uh, so yeah, there's your winner, Rio, Rio Grande Valley FC, the Toros. <laughs> well, I don't lose her. They they worked like us losing. two times. They they win out of all the teams this season. They got the most votes for toughest opponent for Orange County. So I don't know, if, you know, what do you what do you mean by loser? They were um, not exactly. Best team in the West, I guess, is how we could say that, or in the league for that matter. But yeah, probably the most 
Well, let's for put it some this reason, way. the most difficult. If they would have got to play OC the whole season, they probably play against for us. first place the way we played against them. So, um, yeah, that's that's that right there. I mean, unfortunately, uh, that would be the one. If you look at, if you didn't know anything, if you didn't like watch any of the matches this season, if you're an outsider fan and you look at, okay, those are the four teams that are the finalists for toughest opponent of the year. Which one of those three do not look like the other? It's Rio Grande Valley because they didn't even make the playoffs. Yet Orange County, the first place team in the West, could beat them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean they were responsible for a quarter of our losses this season, um, and they were fifteen points off of making the playoffs. In fact, actually, they were sixteen points because they would have needed the extra point to to beat out St. Louis on goal difference. So it was a surreal 180 minutes against RGV this year and not one and I, I think, want to, uh, when, to I don't think we had the podcast season. up and going the first matchup the second matchup we had Jacob Young from the down in the valley podcast he came on and, and I think I don't remember what his pick was but I know me and you were like confident we were going to win that match uh, which we, we've learned I guess that's not the right way to to word it there um if if you take into account though the end of the season, the way things happen with Reno whooping us at the the last match of the regular season, Phoenix knocking us out of the playoffs. Uh, if we held our voting after the playoffs ended, things may have been a little bit differently. That would have been more fresh in the mind. Um, I know there was a lot of fans that were just upset with the way things ended uh, on that Western Conference final match. Uh, but I mean, I, I I agree with this pick. Rio Grande by far was our toughest opponent this year, which sort of yeah sort of sucks yeah and uh <laughs> you're like let's yeah, there's not much more to say about that <laughs> i could just talk trash like, on their goalkeeper for like 20 minutes um, so those are pass. the awards that we are announcing to for this episode we still have like another episode worth of awards if not more if depending on how long we talk about some of this stuff uh, to give you an idea of some of the awards that we'll be discussing next episode, uh, our podcast guest of the year, which is a non-player guest. Uh, if we did player, I mean, Richard would have to win because Richard Chaplow was the one that actually came on our show, not just, uh, you know, interviews after matches. But he actually came on not once, but twice on our show to talk to us, which was awesome. We're also going to talk about uh, MVP, uh, win of the year, uh, goal of the year. I don't think we talked about yet. Um, and the fan fan favorite player and i think more midfielder of the year forward wing of the year so we still have a lot of awards to discuss or or winners to discuss there and we'll definitely get to that oh by the way um we'll have to figure out who the fan of the year was because it was a total write-in vote and i was hoping we'd at least get you know a duplicate somewhere <laughs> or at least a duplicate of an answer but it was just everyone was either just naming themselves or naming their their best friend or something like that we ended up getting uh, nine different nominees and none of them were duplicates. First of all, no one really voted for it because I think a lot of people that maybe voted maybe weren't uh, knowledgeable of fans other than themselves. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I will say this, and I know we're not going to accept this award, but I know Dylan and myself both got uh, a nominee for Fan of the Year. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can accept that. There might be some... Um... <laughs> Some issues. Here's what we there need to do. We about, need to open up a you know, vote right now. Conflict of interest um, or something. Maybe but. we'll throw this out on Twitter or something like that. We need to figure out who was the the Orange and Black Soccer Cast host of the year, Dylan or me. <laughs> well, I mean, we already know it's going to be you. The USL show is going to going to vote in full force there, and then you'll get the nod, which is well deserved. Everyone, if this is something that's happening, Ray is absolutely the host of the year. He is the the brains. And the brawn of this situation. And I guess I am the hair because um, that's all that's left over. Um, let's do this. So those are some of the awards to look for next week. Um, tweet us your thoughts on the uh, announcements that we've had so far. Uh, who won that we announced today. If you want to tweet out to us, like I said, we're going to tweet out uh, any of these things that we, that we've announced that have some sort of video clip that go along with it. We'll find the link to those, tweet those out so you can see exactly which plays we're talking about. Uh, when we look at that, um, let's do this. Let's talk about, uh, is there any, any soccer thing that you want to talk about, um, at the moment, Dylan? Yeah. You know, I, I talked about it last week. I went last week to, um, 
UC Irvine's NCAA playoff match against Grand Canyon University, and they went all the way through 120 minutes um, and went to penalties, and UCI won uh, 6-5 on penalties to go and play Stanford. So, you know, it it was a bit of a throwback to the old UCI days with um, back when the team was the OC Blues, but it was a good time, and, uh, you know, it was local soccer, and I, I tweeted about it after, but you know, if you miss soccer, if you want to go watch local soccer, um, it's a good, it's a good place to go. And there were a, a lot of fans and a lot of noise and people getting behind it. So, you know, if you know college students and you know people that like to drink, you should invite them out and have them come say hi and hang out with the CLC because, I mean, they brought the noise for the entire match and and we do the same thing. So, it was a uh, it was well worth it and and thoroughly enjoyable. Also, um. Congratulations to England for winning uh, the UEFA like Nations League Group in there. 4A. Trademark. I don't know what the U Nations League is. I don't it's care. It's a way for UEFA England to try and keep interest in so um, that's cool. matches that are taking place during friendly breaks. Uh, I, I think tied into all that, I think Germany got uh, quote-unquote relegated yeah. or something oh. like that. I, I, I haven't really been following up much on that. But I, I read somewhere on that 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 was a thing. Uh, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> Speaking of internationals, the U.S. U-20 men's team just won the uh, U-20 CONCACAF championship. So shout out to them. And then for you U.S. soccer fans, there's probably a lot well, to look forward Cameron to in the future other than Christian uh, Pulisic Hup- in the future. So. There's some, yeah, no one, uh, his days are over. Um, there is some hope for the future provided, I don't know, U.S. soccer like gets a manager and maybe restructures their entire um, management <laughs> system. But that is a entirely another podcast, I think. Well, of, let's of talk about something else here. Uh, garbage to talk I, about. I know we all went through some just sort of painful times uh, when we found out for whatever reason that Orange County didn't wasn't able to host the a USL championship game if they would have made it. Uh, luckily, we didn't have to go into that mode. Or I guess we still would have wanted them to make it and go play in Louisville City or whatever. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, there was all this speculation as to what it was, now. why it happened, was there congestion at the stadium, what happened there. And then I think we found out recently that there's now another team that will be playing at Championship Soccer Stadium, uh, California United Strikers FC, uh, seems to be joining the, I guess, roster at Championship Soccer Stadium uh, to join with Orange County Soccer Club, Orange County FC, um, and then whatever other soccer events go on there. So great for more congestion, I guess, at the stadium. I'm being sarcastic there if you can't understand sar- sarcasm on uh, a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts, Dylan? Is this a little scary now knowing that there's another far? team that's going to call this stadium home? And and does this mean, I mean, do we need to like find a way or does ownership need to find a way to actually get their own stadium that maybe they have an ownership stake in instead of uh, relying on a city stadium? Um, well, it is Orange County and real estate here is expensive. And I know that uh, James Keston is a real estate developer, but there's... I don't think any way that's going to happen without a lot of a lot more ownership money. Um, I know we talked a lot about the season um, players and opposing players. And I think some opposing fans from like St. Louis um, and even Braden Cloutier in a video produced by the club mentioned that the field is an expletive that I can't say on this podcast. So um, that's only going to get worse this coming season. And hopefully the great park um, groundskeeping team do a good job of trying to combat that and taking care of it. But we'll see what what's to come, I guess. Um, but probably another sandy Yay. few weeks in the middle That's of uh, June and Yay. July. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's yes. interesting Yay. that for a area in this uh, great state of ours and even this great country of ours that, you know, the USL team, we still struggle to to fill a stadium up that you have another quote unquote professional soccer team that's trying to invade the area. Uh, I mean, we've talked about before orange County isn't a hotbed for minor league soccer sports fans. Uh, There are some committed fans like for teams like orange County soccer club, even for orange County FC, 
Uh, and I'm sure for this new, or not, I don't think they're new, but for California United Strikers FC, that's going to be playing in the stadium as well. I just think it's it's interesting that you have so many teams that are competing for fans in an area where, you know, can't fill a stadium even for USL games. So we'll see how that all goes, I guess. Um, I guess more power to, you know, if there's people that want to really try and do this. Um, I mean, yeah, it's soccer. If you love soccer. Yeah, I mean, there's more local soccer, which is great. And I guess if you look at it this way and you work for the city of Irvine, you're probably licking your chops because you guys are going to make a ton of money off of those rental fees. So yeah, I guess so. Everyone's a winner, I guess, except um, for other things players, to I think. discuss really quick. Um, Orange County finally got some coverage in, I believe, the LA Times recently, uh, which which was pretty cool. Uh, I, I know, again, this is something we talked yeah, about with some of the other guests, or cool. at least maybe I go went on to Twitter and argued with some fans from other clubs. But uh, it's difficult for Orange County Soccer Club to get media coverage in this area other than us or local sports blogs. Um, you know, even the local Orange County newspaper barely touches the subject. Uh, but the fact that you got uh, LA Times involved and at least a story on us in the LA Times, that's good news. Um, I mean, any... I guess any media coverage you can get is great for them at the moment. So hopefully that continues. Hopefully we can get Orange County uh, register LA times and hopefully maybe even some local television stations on board and start covering us a little bit more. Uh, Cause whatever coverage we can get, we can help. I mean, I know Dylan and I do our best to try and bring in fans and basically be the voice of this team. I mean, really, if you think about it, the team doesn't have a, a TV, you know, crew, they don't have a radio crew. We're really sort of that voice to you, the fans, even though we're not affiliated with the team at all. We have a, a great working relationship with them, but we're at no, in no way we're, in, we're not employees of Orange County Soccer Club. But I think I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, oh yeah, uh, that's a totally, totally different subject. But I mean, I'm not trying to brag about like what we do, but we're pretty much the, the, I guess the voice or vocal you know news of this team because uh, there's no one else doing it so uh i mean yeah i mean i guess if la times orange county register channel two channel four channel five seven nine eleven whatever get on board it takes away from him yeah don't want to leave out 13 or 28 or whoever else there is um yeah I, I of course i don't want them to take away you guys from us i want you guys to keep listening to us but any more media coverage we can get to this team, the better. Um, it'll help things out. And yeah, so good to see that happening. Uh, hopefully it continues. And I don't know, any other soccer news that you can think of, Dylan? Yeah, and I know you mentioned earlier that you were a big, or that you were a big fan of Mark Segber's production this year. He was one of the released players from his MLS contract with the Revolution this year. So um, bring him back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really have a huge opinion there about that. Um, he was pretty solid and, and a creative player, which is helpful. Um, but there seems to be a pretty good crop of guys who are being released by MLS squads this year. So I would imagine to see a good amount of fresh faces um, this coming season, but um, definitely quality faces as well. I would say gone are the days of uh, the shoestring budget for clubs and um and the uh, the inconsistent first and then eighth kind of place. We'll we'll probably see a few, <laughs> few dynasties coming in the USL, and I would imagine then Orange County and, and Phoenix will probably be leading that charge. Hey, that'd be awesome if both of those teams can uh, be strong for the next few seasons, because that's just a rivalry that's uh, going to continue to grow as long as both teams uh, continue performing out in the field. Um, talking about, I guess, I guess you know, Mister Kesson, uh, I'm gonna you know say, hey, open up your your wallet. Uh, I hear there's a, an American player out in Germany that's looking or that's potentially going to be leaving his team. Maybe we can somehow find a way to convince him to play in USL championship next year. Um, yeah, that's not happening, but hey, I can dream, right? You can dream. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe now that we're called, now that the league's called USL championship, maybe uh, players are going to be confused and think it's the top flight in, in, in US soccer. Uh, so yeah, maybe can, I can don't know if we want those players necessarily because they might not be the brightest people that could be <laughs> playing for us. Hey, but if you can if you can convince them even for one season, bring you know bring in a Christian Pulisic or bring in a, a Harry Kane or someone 
That'd be awesome. If you could somehow I, I find... I don't think... You know, his wage <laughs> in Tottenham is probably similar to what something uh, like Thomas and Napoleon like, this year. So, yeah, it's almost like 200000 a week. I wow. Think, I think like right, or one five or something. You did so well. <laughs> uh, let's do this. Uh, let's... Uh, unless... Uh, before we move on to our random stuff, is there anything else you want to share? Um, about uh, about uh, Orange County soccer or USL or just soccer in general? I guess nothing else about soccer. Um, I guess we'll uh, we'll see you all in in March. Yeah, but we'll still have more episodes going. Don't, don't tell yeah, these don't, people. Don't worry. We are we are here <laughs> to waste another hour to an hour and a half of your week at work or on your drive for we, at least a few more weeks. So. We will find Orange County news to talk about, Orange County Soccer Club news to talk about, even if we have to find some way to link something with them. Um, I mean, this sort of, I guess we'll segue a little bit into some of the random stuff, but uh, my son, who is six years old, uh, I coach his soccer team. I've coached them for now like five seasons. Uh, He actually went to his very first ever club tryout uh, this past weekend uh, for OC Surf, which has sort of a, a... an affiliation with Orange County Soccer Club, I believe. Um, I don't know exactly how it goes. I know uh, Richard Chapel is one of the coaches there. Uh, uh, GM Oliver Vies is uh, somehow works with the club. So um, it was interesting. My my son had a, an exciting time there. He got to try out, uh, got some good uh, feedback from some of the coaches, which was awesome. Six years old. Uh, I don't know if uh, people are going to get on my case for starting him and you know getting him to club a little bit early there, but he's not in it yet. He still co- plays his recreational team with me uh, for the time being, but wanted to just sort of get him out there and just sort of see where he stands with his age group and because he's always played a year up, so I wanted to just sort of see where he stands with his uh, age and maybe test the waters and see where we need to go next in his soccer development. Look at you, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> I will That's say the future. I will say this. It was really fun. I had him. I had a couple other of the players from my team. And uh, one of the coaches uh, from OC surf called him a little firecracker. Uh, a couple other coaches said, you know, that they could see that he knows what he's doing out there, that he has a good knowledge of the game. Uh, and even some of the other parents that were there, you know, of course, watching their kids and hoping their kids are going to shine bright. They were even making comments about him a little bit out there and just you know my 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 six-year-old he's tiny he looks like he's four so of course he's out there even if he's even with the rest of the kids he looks like this amazing little thing because he looks like he's this tiny four-year-old out there competing against six-year-olds uh but regardless i mean i I think he did pretty good out there we'll see how things go proud dad moment oh yeah oh and my (laughs) my oldest son said he's interested in uh taking up soccer now so that'd be cool to have two soccer players so Ray's gushing as a parent. Um, yeah, I love soccer. It it is the fall. It's the holiday season. <laughs> it's time to be proud of your kids. Or I guess it's always probably time to be proud of your kids. I would have. No yeah, I think all the time. Idea. I think. Yeah, you better learn that, Dylan. Is you should always be proud of your kids, not just in the holiday time. <laughs> Don't worry, just... anyone who's thinking, "My God, he's going to make a terrible parent." I have zero plans of uh, doing so. Um, <laughs> I can only love a few things in life, so I chose cats and this team as the uh, the forerunners there. Well, at least one thing is a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even... We've subjected these poor people to like 20 minutes of nothingness. I won't continue. What do you mean 20 minutes? You just started talking about your cats. No, I mentioned that I like cats and oh, you've been okay. talking about like your kids and we were talking about... It was all soccer-based, man. It was all okay, soccer. Fair enough. And we're potentially with with my with my son. We're potentially talking about a future OCSC player if if he keeps on his path. I guess I should set my sights higher for him from OCSC. And nothing against OCSC, but wow, uh, dang, Ray, throwing the team under the bus. <laughs> All right, I guess that uh, makes me podcast host of the year, just de facto for not roasting the team. All right, <laughs> Dylan, any random last thoughts? Yeah, um, I always give a literature recommendation. I know I talked just, about literature for about a minute. I'm always reading, Ray. I'm always reading. Um, it's this one's a short short story. You can find it online. It's basically three and a half pages long. It's called Life Rower by Rebecca McClanahan. It's wonderfully written um, and a nice little uh, nice little short story to to think about life. So um, I offer that as my little parting gift to all of you. 
Um, and as my second random thought, if anyone has any beer recommendations, by all means, throw them in here. If it's an IPA, don't recommend it. Ooh, Thanks. Like IPAs. Yeah, I don't want to drink pennies. There you go, right there. You can drink that one right there. It's all like backwards, so try and read it. But I like sours, so I don't know if you've tried a sour yet, Dylan. But Gross. so it's pretty good from New Bel- uh, from New Belgium. Sour. I don't know how to say that word. Saison. Saison. Whatever. Yeah, French stuff. Yeah. Um, well, since Dylan's going to talk about a book, let me talk about a darn book. There's a new book going to be coming out here in December. Awesome uh, book to check out, especially if you're a soccer fan. I'm sure Andy will, will be the first one in line to buy this book. It's called The Spurs Shirt. Uh goes through, uh, I guess, the history of the Spur, uh, Tottenham Hotspur jerseys. And sort of, I guess, they got pictures of actual game-worn jerseys and talked about the moments in those those jerseys. So go check that out. Since uh, I, I want to talk about a book, too, since I'm left out, I guess, from the book thing. And I guess book things are cool. So <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. I'm pretty sure none of our listeners think that books are cool. But I like to think that one of you may someday read something I've recommended. And then, you know, the funny thing really is, is the funny thing would be is if my book recommendation that I just made is actually read first before any of your book recommendations, that would be funny. Well, Cameron listens to the podcast, and Cameron's also a Spurs fan. So, yes, Cameron, those odds are pretty high. Our good friend Cameron, who joined us for each of our pregame episodes in the playoffs. Cameron, check it out, the Spurs shirt. Uh, oh, and I'm going to be trying to head out to the OC Spurs watch party as they uh, take on Chelsea and hopefully come away victorious this weekend. So, so go boo Ray for no reason. Not that I'm a Chelsea fan, just for no reason. Uh, okay, so I think uh, we need to end it here because we're just we're doing like we do, and we're just starting to talk about random stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of random things, Cameron has updated his Twitter bio to groupie on orange and black soccer cast. So um, don't know who gave him that title, but uh, mm-hmm. welcome, Cameron. Wait, wait, what is that again? It says groupie on orange and black soccer cast on, on his Twitter bio on Cameron's Twitter bio, everyone. So if you want some. So we actually have an LAFC news. You can go to what Cameron said on Twitter and you can read that he is now not only a um, I gotta look at this person for LAFC uh, LA Soccer Nation uh, the stoppage time Spurs news he's also a groupie on the OCSC soccer cast which is of course yours truly so uh, and, and he beat out Andy to become our first official groupie I guess because he claimed it Andy, you're, you're lagging there. You should have claimed. I don't think Andy wants to call himself a groupie. Uh, he wants to be our groupie man. Basically, big shout out to all of you who listen. And if any of you want to <laughs> ever come and say hi, please go yeah, and do so. come, Why not? Talk talk to us on social media: Twitter, OCSC underscore SoccerCast, or you can go to our personal Twitters. I'm at DJ Ray Samora. Dylan's at OCSC underscore Dylan. Uh, you can find us on Facebook on our official Facebook page. You can find us on Instagram, uh, although we are very unactive on Instagram. But if you, if inactive. you, uh, unactive, I In, inactive, who cares? But you can also find us on the Beautiful Game <laughs> Network at bgn.fm or on Twitter at the bgn.fm. Look at that. Dylan is learning how to plug our partners. Um, another partner, if you want to check out, go to Angels on Parade. They cover LAFC, but they also cover OCSC. Um, Alicia, who runs that site, has been a guest with us a few times here. Um, and I hope she'll continue to be guest with us. I think we're going to try and get her back on uh, pretty soon. And what else? I don't think there's anything I else that we need it. to talk about. I think Everyone that's it. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. Happy Turkey Day for those of you that celebrate Turkey Day. For those of you who don't enjoy uh, your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday, and Sunday, if you get all those days off, which I do, yay, woohoo, because I work in an office. Ouch. Uh, if you work in retail and you have to work like Thursday night because of people that want to get deals, I'm sorry. I'm not one of those people. If I'm getting my deals, I'm getting them online. I do not go into that craziness that's called Black Friday or I don't know what, what what's how do the, how can you even call it Black Friday anymore when you started on like Thursday at like four o'clock? But that's a whole different thing. Um, so we're going <laughs> to end it. the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, where yes. we talk about Black Friday and its oh. etymology. It's in our name, right? I mean, we're Orange and Black Soccer Cast. So, I mean, I guess oh, we can my God. technically talk about Black Friday. We are reaching here. Everyone, are. enjoy your weekend. <laughs> uh, Thank you for, for listening. Dylan, for, Dylan, for myself, 
Uh, remember to check back next episode uh, for the remainder of our awards. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And let me get my intro or my outro music ready. My phone froze up on me. So let's try this one more time for Chris. Dylan, for, for myself. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. The Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.